0: Hey everyone, welcome to a special edition of uh, Nephew Hours. Um, We are recording this post-game, post-conference finals. The Lakers and Heat are now in the NBA Finals. So I'm your host, uh, Miggy. And joining me today, we have an ensemble crew. We have our resident Laker fans, uh, DJT and Don. Say what's up, everybody.
1: Hello. Yo, guys. um, What's up?
0: And we also have our resident Heat fan, Usman, um, joining us as well. Um, So, again, like I said, we're having a very you know um special edition where um we actually don't have much planned, but we're really here to kind of just celebrate um you know the Lakers and heat getting into the finals and you know before we before we keep going um we also want to give respect to nuggets and celtics so to the nuggets and Celtics fans um don't feel like we're leaving you out and slandering you like this is this is a pretty like open ended um what you call it episode
1: i i agree. And for the Nuggets specifically, just what they had to go through to get to this point, because I've, I've been on records. They were down 3-1 against the Jazz, and it looked bleak too, and they were down 2-1 and 3-1 against the Clippers. They've, they've done well in these playoffs. Jamal Murray rising as a superstar, and if Jokic already hasn't cemented himself as the legitimate best big man in the league, it's it's kinda hard to not credit them for the amazing work that they've done in the playoffs. So all all of my respect goes out to Denver for what they were able to achieve in the bubble. Facts. I agree with
2: it. Yes, and there is no way but but up for the Nuggets as well. Their roster is constructed in a terrific manner. Like they fit so well together. The offense running through Jokic uh has proven to be a success they really don't need another star they can just keep building on what they have and they will have a championship core for the future uh they should be very proud on what they accomplished this season like you said they had their backs to the wall multiple times and they ended up in the the annals of history by being the First team to come back from the situation twice, uh, and they should have their heads up high and look forward to the future because they will be uh, giving headaches to lots of teams in the West for years to come.
0: Big facts, um, legit though. And like, what's crazy is that I think uh, Jamal Murray is what like under he's under 25, right? He's only like 23, yes. 24. Yeah. So yeah, like that's a crazy thing. Like, um, he's he's shot 50, 40, 90. You know, and that's like, that's Steph Curry numbers, you know, (laughs) Um, is it sustainable in, you know, the rest of his career? Maybe. Who knows? Right. Um,
2: His offense comes to him so easily.
0: I know. Like you see his layup package, (laughs) you know, his layup package is, you know, something crazy. Like he literally pulled an MJ, I think it was a game four. Um, game or was it, game, yeah, five? Game, four. it
2: was game five? It was game, game five. five right? yeah, game five. You know, and
0: the fact that he also played um, with a, you know, f- bruise in his foot, you know, the, he has the heart um, to, to really carry that team. And um, the craziest stat here, too, is that games three and four, uh, Jokic did not score in the, in the fourth <laughs> quarter, right? And this isn't a knock on Jokic because, again, he was great this series, even though um, you know, they lost 4-1. But... Um, Jokic throughout the whole bubble was great and then the Lakers found a way to stop him in the fourth quarter and when that happened uh, Jamal Murray picked up the slack and you know did whatever he could to at least get the Nuggets in striking distance as well um, I also love Jeremy Grant um, that dude's going to get paid for sure this this offseason he uh, really was like the ideal role player for the Nuggets on top of like Michael Porter Jr. and, M- and Monte Morris and I guess Paul Millsap who kind of killed his uh, value, but it's okay.
1: I really hope that Jeremy stays with the team and continues to build upon the foundation of Jokic plus a lot of us to complement him. There's so much upside if it's not already there because I, I, I find it sort of weird saying that the Nuggets will be a good team in the future. Like, but what about now? Like they just made it again with backs against the wall against the Jazz and the Clippers, who most of the media and a lot of fans expected to win against them pretty handily. But, man, I, Jokic, again, like freaking Jeremy Grant, as a perfect compliment in, in their system. I hope that you know, if Paul Millsap could take a picket or maybe take a lesser role and have Jeremy as the de facto starter mm-hmm. to the team, like there, there's just so much that... Denver can do. Like, this is this is a dangerous team, and, and and I want everybody's eyes to be on them in the next one, two, three years because they're not already. If if they're not already there, they will be there.
3: Yeah, from a, from a historical perspective, um, the last time the Lakers and the Nuggets went up in a conference finals, afterwards the Nuggets kind of just fell apart. But I don't think that'll be the case this time. The nuggets are on the up and up and I think I said in the last episode that the nuggets like during the series during the series, the Lakers were playing with everything to lose, but the nuggets weren't like the nuggets were uh, the-, the nuggets were playing with nothing to lose essentially
1: yeah and, and this is this is an interesting case too because the Lakers right you have LeBron James who is LeBron. I don't think there's anything more or less to be said about that. And when you have those championship expectations, when you trade away your roster to get a complimentary superstar, so you can get a chance to have him extend his career out as much as possible. You you have your, your, your high, your hopes set up high for something like that's, that's what the Lakers have been trying for the season. It's why they got all of these different pieces of braun. In year seventeen of his career, at the age of thirty-five, it he need, he needs to get to that stage again. It's crazy to me how there again a lot of naysayers, a lot of the media members who, who chose the Clippers or, or had lingering doubts of oh, is Bradley and Danny Green and all of these different guys, Alex Caruso, Rajon Ronda, are they going to be able to take or help LeBron? the promised land again and as a Lakers fan it's just thrilling to see a LeBron be standard LeBron because he's just so fun to watch on the floor and be get to mm-hmm. that point that we've been you know eyeing all season as, as the Lakers fans but we've been eyeing all season so it's it's just uh it's just a treat to uh to see that happen
2: yeah um, well we were teased about last season but then we had the injury plague. Uh, take a shit over all that. Uh, It's very, very satisfying to see uh, the potential be fulfilled.
0: You know, I'm not going to lie though. I did have fun watching this Lakers run Um, because what was funny is outside of this series, uh, the Lakers would lose game one and everyone's like, oh no, this is it. The Lakers are done. They're overrated. And they went on to proceed and win 4-1. Again, they... um, they win the series 4-1 and they are overall 12 and 3 in the playoffs. Um, before I shout out, you know, the Lakers roster, I also want to shout out um Frank Vogel for the amazing coaching job he's done. Um, he literally took whatever like the front office gave him, especially when he had LeBron and AD and gave them a very physical, athletic and defensive team. You know, that's the best of their identity. They play great defense and they you know, they're out athletic, you know, athletic you cuz you have LeBron and AD. Um but speaking of LeBron and AD, this is his total 38, 16, and 10 to close at the series is mind-boggling to me. And like you said, uh, D, uh DJT, it's like he's what 35, It's year 30. 17. Um
1: <laughs> it's it's honestly just a testament again to how Frank Vogel was able to get everybody, and I literally mean everybody behind this identity of team defense, even LeBron, who is not in his peak athleticism anymore, like those days are behind him. He's still so sound and he was able to buy into whatever Vogel wanted to orchestrate. When we had Walton, you can tell that LeBron looked checked out and there's a reason to why Walton (laughs) left the team. And so it's, it's really, it's awesome to see how Vogel, was able to make adjustments, able to create a, an environment where every single one of the Lakers roster players were to go behind a system that a that they could trust, and b just overall, he's just a flat out, flat out good coach. And he and LeBron, they get on the same level; they're all in sync, and it's it's just a joy to watch when you have the staff and the players all stable like that's that's the one thing like the stability of the lakers this season i have been nothing but you know amazed at
0: i'll say this i'll say this about lebron right um father time is undefeated we all know this right you know at some point time will will beat you but i for for lebron i don't think that's ever applicable to him (laughs) again like i said earlier he went 38 16 and 10 to close out the series and beyond that right like he he'll drop the low-key you know like you know 27 7 7 right because ad Mm -hmm. will take the show um but what's more amazing to me is that even though the lakers this is like the lakers first finals appearance since 2010 um lebron in his whole career has been to you know, ten finals out of the seventeen years he's been in the league, um, and in that, in in these ten uh, appearances, nine have been in the last ten. Okay, like, and he's taken three different teams to the finals. You know, that's beyond amazing to me. Like he has, he has more finals appearances than twenty-seven uh, of the yep. league's franchises outside of the the Lakers themselves, the Boston Celtics, and the Golden State Warriors. Mm-hmm um do i want do will i put lebron as the greatest of all time no not yet will i consider it if he wins yes for sure we'll, we'll, we'll talk more about we'll talk about more of that in a future episode um but on top of lebron
2: i wanted to give a shout out to mm. something else that lebron did at the end of Ooh, the series okay uh willingly picking up jamal murray in the clutch when it it is basically mm. known that can't stop jamal murray but lebron with his athleticism and strength, just basically contain Jamal Murray and force him to take tough shots. And sometimes they went in, but that tired Murray to the point that in game seven, you could see that he was spent. He was kind of injured as well, but he was also spent from the time that he had to try and get around LeBron. And -hmm. to see LeBron willingly take uh, the best, uh, arguably the best player in the Nuggets, that series... Uh, you can argue that it was Jokic as well. But mm-hmm. for him to take Murray willingly and then also take on the offensive load in the other end, is yeah. just remarkable.
3: Remark- yeah, LeBron definitely channeled his uh, 2012 to 2016 self, where like in the past he's taken on Tony Parker on the Spurs. He, uh, he took on Steph. He guarded Steph Curry during the 2016 Finals. You know, oftentimes when it comes down to it, he's gonna be on the other team's best perimeter player.
0: And what's yeah. and what, what's crazy is like, you guys see that screenshot um, of like LeBron's face after the the Nuggets timeout, after he scored like nine straight on him? He got he had that mean mug going, and like, that's how you knew this game was over, because LeBron had the mean mug on, and you knew you knew he was completely locked in, and he's like, you know, this is the end game. Um, again, uh, as much as we can, you know. Give all the praise to LeBron. I also shout out to Anthony Davis um, for casually dropping a twenty-seven and seven, and no one really cares about that. Yeah, <laughs> um, he's it's, been great this whole entire series. Yeah, for sure. It's
1: it's also crazy to me how like we we talk about LeBron, and I'll say I'll say this like to everybody who said that, or who's been saying that Kawhi Leonard or James Harden or Giannis and was, you know tension in for the best player in the league. Like I'm sorry, you guys are all wrong. I think if anything is just proven in these playoffs that well, A, um LeBron I think is still again there, but Anthony Davis, when that man is locked in, engaged, and enraged, like he wants to take over both sides of the ball. Man, it is so difficult to at that freight train whether like this guy again, he can he can post you up he can fade away from the mid range spot spot you up for a three and, and defense, I, you know, defense speaks for itself. So Anthony Davis, just on, if he's on that engaged level, it's, I would argue that you could, you could potentially argue that he is the best player in the NBA from a talent standpoint when he's locked in and him just doing this, Back and and shout out to him for game two for yelling out Kobe when he hit that game winning shot over Jokic. Um, it's that was a great moment, man. Like Davis has just been nothing but fun to watch as as the season has rolled along. He's been a perfect compliment for LeBron and and a, a great superstar for for the franchise. Yeah, that game
2: you. winner essentially took away all the chances the Nuggets had of winning the series, in my opinion.
0: You know, not yeah, gonna lie, demoralizing. Yeah, I agree with that because, like, after that um that shot, I genuinely thought there was gonna be a sweep. You know, I mean, shout out to the to the um, Nuggets for coming back uh, Game Three, but you know, again, like, you know, and we'll talk about this in the future. Um, but you, LeBron and AD have shown that you know if they're on it, like they're they're absolutely unstoppable, right? And everyone's team mentality, you know game plan is going to be like, oh, like, what, how are we going to, you know, you know, if we, we stop LeBron and AD, you know, we'll let everyone else win. Right. Um, but that in, in the case of the Lakers, you, you know, they have role players that ha- that are capable of, you know, stepping up and like, okay, well, if LeBron and AD are going to struggle, well, we have playoff uh, Rondo and playoff Rondo is no joke. He's absolutely terrible <laughs> in the regular season. And like, Everyone, you know, can attest that like, yeah, this, you know, why did we bring, you know, Rondo back? But playoff Rondo clearly has proven that, hey, you know, I may not be what I was back in, you know, Boston, but you know, I still provide the the key defense and you know, the point guard abilities that he has to help, you know, set up the offense and set up opportunities for everyone to, to be successful.
1: I think what we've been most surprised by from Rajan Rondo is the fact that he's shooting so well behind the three. Like I'm I'm looking at this guy, he's dribbling up and he's freaking spot up, he's freaking spotting up from the weak side, strong side, wh- wherever the heck the ball is on the floor and they're passing out to him either he's left wide open or like the shot clock's out he's making his threes like that's that's the crazy part so not only is he dishing around the ball orchestrating the offense for you know with or without LeBron he's also somewhat deadly behind the line which you don't think about when you talk about Ray John Rondo like you think about Rondo as I'm going to kick it out to my teammates and put them all in position to score. Like, no, like this guy has been decent from outside. Like it's weird to see, but again, like he's helped us so much since he came back in the, in the Houston series. It's crazy.
0: To, to add a little stat to that, um, according to basketball reference, Rondo has been shooting 44, almost 45% from three um, and 50% from the field. So, Um, again, Rondo playoff Rondo is a real thing. Uh, never doubt him, no matter you know how old he is.
1: He is. It's like you see some of that Boston Rondo inside him. Like, yeah, he might not be as athletic because of all the injuries he's gone through, and of course, age like that, like wear and tear. But he's shown flashes of what he was as a playmaker off the bench. It's crazy, insane how he was like our worst player in terms of net rating for again all the season and then suddenly in the playoffs he's a completely different animal who's able to take the ball out of LeBron's hands if they need to and facilitate like a true maestro on the playing field it's it's just I'm I'm just in awe of what Rondo has been able to do again as a facilitator making sure that the Lakers get in the right spots. And if he needs to, they'll just pop up to three. Like that's insane to me.
0: I agree with it. Um, last, yeah. last player. And last point I want to talk about with the Lakers though. Um, shout out to Alex Caruso um, t- was totally a meme player in the past couple of years, but you know, he's gone on and proven that he is a legitimate role player for the Lakers. And um you know he's very much a key part of this team and I, I you know hopefully like f- when it comes to you know to the finals you know he does continue this upward trend
2: yes we we all love the careerew show in our slash Lakers but what I would like to uh talk about and finish this role player conversation for us is uh dwight howard uh the uh, guy was a uh, complete Uh, it was a a dud before the season between all the opinions of Laker fans that I saw on the internet were, yeah, this is not going to work. He had not had a solid stop in the league since Charlotte, I believe. Uh, And since we had already gotten boogie, or did we get him after Boogie got injured? Now I can't remember.
1: Yeah, I think we got him after. Yeah, he we got him after he got injured because we yes. needed another center, and Dwight was available, so we just signed him for the minimum. That's that's what happened. <laughs> yeah, not nah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then we just
2: uh, put him as an afterthought, you know, really. Uh, like, uh, yeah, he's just here to ride the bench and get himself a championship. Uh, But he has been integral to our success in these playoffs. He has brought energy and trying to get in the mind of Jokic. That was just key, making him – helping him pick up fouls and just the physicality to throw him off and just busting out the occasional post move that we would see from Orlando Dwight is just – incredible how this guy has went from a total negative in the eyes of Laker fans to a favorite again, even more so because of the obvious failed first stint in 2013. Uh, but yeah, shout out to Dwight, because he has definitely earned himself a spot on the Lakers bench for until he wants to really.
1: Yeah, I, I completely agree. Like Dwight Howard, man, I I remember I remember listening directly to a Bill Simmons podcast where it was the first game we lost against the Clippers and Simmons was like, "Yo, bro, when is this guy gonna? When are we gonna see the headlines? Dwight Howard is about to get cut." Like I, I, would, <laughs> um, I was, that was a legitimate thing. <laughs> but yeah, no, Dwight has just been awesome for the team. He's he's played a fantastic we're going to roll in. And yeah, if I had to choose one or two guys that I want to shout out, well, number one, Avery Bradley. Uh, if you're, if you're out there, I hope, I hope you get better, man. Uh, I know you guys didn't join us in the bubble, but uh, like, you know, quick shout out to you, bro. Like I, I hope everything is going well for you and your fam. Um, I think the second dude I probably want to take a, take a gander at is, Javale, I I see. Here's the thing. I I, I think I, I remember a lot of people are you know asking like, hey, why did we sign Javale? You know, two time Shaqton, a full MVP, uh, you know, back on the team, and and it's it's like I I don't know. I just want to say that I appreciate him for holding the starting center position for the team, making sure that you know he provided a spark or you know, provided that inside so AD could. Stay as the power forward because you know he wants to. Um, it's it's just a, it's just a minor thing, but I enjoy his vlogs uh, on his channel on YouTube whenever he decides to pop them. And he's been a decent he's been a decent player for us this year. So yeah, it's just shout out to Ja
0: Shout out to the Lakers role players, and again, um congratulations to the Lakers again. First time since 2010. Um I know you know this quote unquote drought is long for you Lakers fans, but for some of us um for some of us you know that i' haven't been to late to the finals in years, you know it, you don't know the struggle um but again, congratulations to you guys um the Lakers definitely deserve it, and then we'll move on to the next team all right, so um moving to the next um team the miami heat um Congratulations to Miami Heat for going on to an improbable run. No one kind of saw come in. Um so we do have a resident Heat fan Usman here on the mic. So let you no, know, we'll give you the floor. How do you feel, man? I feel really good. You know,
3: shout out to the to the Celtics. Um I'm gonna keep it one I'm gonna keep it real. The Celtics should have won this series, but ultimately I think the Heat just wanted it more. And they executed better down the stretch in a lot of the early games, you know the heat now they are they have the lowest odds to win the championship from like you know according to Vegas when the season started uh, I think at seventy five to one uh the lowest odds before that were the nets in two thousand two at sixty to one the heat played really well. You know, in the uh, end of the third, beginning of the fourth quarter, the Celtics, they went on a 20-6 to six run. And I was watching it with my brother, and in my mind, I just kept thinking about the uh, something that Eric Spolster always says, you know, we letting go of the rope, which is a problem. That he'd have had the entire season giving up leads in the second half and, you know, losing games that they should have won. But then Bam Adebayo came through, and he grabbed that rope, and he pulled it back to our side like some kind of massive tug of war game and uh he was just so good tonight uh he had like 30 points uh 15 rebounds and five assists some ridiculous monster stat lines from him
0: <laughs> great game um so what what i liked though from from this uh from this uh, heat run especially in this Eastern Conference final thing a series actually was like, we talked about this this one, like last episode, but I really loved the team basketball that you guys mm-hmm. have played again. Like I I tweeted about this. I tweeted about this earlier, but I was like, you know, the, the team, the team basketball that, that, uh, that you guys plays essentially what you, each team should ideally, you know, look for. Right. Um, yeah. The, the zone defense that you guys play, whether it's like the two, three or the two two one each player knows what they're supposed to be doing. Like they know their role. They know they know each spot to be at higher basketball IQ. Um, and then on top of that, the Heat have eligible scores, no matter who's on on the court, whether it was Bam yeah. going off for 30, um, Tyler Hero, you know, coming up in the clutch, Duncan Robinson in threes. And, you know, 36-year-old Andre Gudala, who, you know, scored his, you know, season high at 14 today. And was like yep. five, five from five, you know, like, Again, yeah, yep. That's the most. Uh,
3: that's the most amount of points he scored since uh, Game Six of yes. the 2019 Finals. Are you serious? Mm-hmm. No, it's it's not, a, it's not a not a joke, <laughs> it's not a surprise. Wow. Yeah, I mean, it's not really wow. it? since he didn't really play, but
0: still, after though. After that, but, you, I would, yeah. I would have assumed he was scored higher, even if it was like a you know random bubble game or like a
1: Igudala hasn't been a huge scorer. Yeah. He's been like an eight five four guy for like the past. True. Four years, but yeah, no, it's 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 crazy too. And one per like one player I want to highlight that happened like and he got traded, you know, in the big Memphis Miami trade that did ship Andre over to Miami. The Heat found a good gem in Jay Crowder. Jay Crowder oh, has man. been, I think, very instrumental to oh, what the I Heat agree. like to do, which is play hard-nosed defense but also stretch the floor like it's they've made it imperative that if bam out of bio is going to be on the floor they want four guys who can shoot around him so you know you bring in Dragic, hero robinson or crowder mm-hmm. you know, interplay with them all but the heat did i think the real like trade chip that was uh, definitely had me like say oh man the, the heat won this trade was Jay Crowder just because of what he's able to do on on both sides of the floor, spacing, and of course bringing good perimeter defense if you need it. And so, yeah, you have Iguodala who is only doing 12 minutes a night, but he's understanding what he needs to do, make plays, understand what his defensive role is. But Crowder, to me, has definitely been the diamond in the rough in the heat trade that I don't think many people talk about.
2: Mm. And shout out to Uh, Goran Dragic for being underrated uh, at this current point in time. He's so reliable, so crafty, and it seems like whenever he needs a a a basket, he gets the offense together and puts a quality possession for either himself or really anyone else. He only plays team-oriented basketball, and I feel he has been underrated for quite a while,
1: actually. Um, i agree i agree dragich is just one of those guys see like this is the one thing and it's been stressed i think a lot since the heat have just gone on this run it's that heat culture it's that basketball only mentality which is what i believe has been able to let them thrive in this environment where you have all these guys and they're saying it's, it's like butler said like this is a business trip this isn't this is just going to be another day of us playing basketball, five on five, put, put on the floor. And Dragic not only envisions that mentality that Riley and Spo have set up for the Heat, and he's just a go to bucket. Like, if you need a scorer, he's very crafty, like, like Don said. Uh, he can put the ball on the floor, shoot, freaking, got, this guy's freaking shooting over Marcus Smart with a hand, of his, hand in his face. Man, he's he's explosive. He's thirty-four. He's he's not young. He's been on this team for a while, but Dragic is and he's a fantastic player.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um, to respond to some of uh what you guys were saying about Jay Crowder, when the bubble started around that time, Eric Spolstra said that with Jay Crowder, he fits so well in that uh you know, the heat culture model that uh Don was talking about. It, it's like it feels like he's been on the team for years. That's what Eric Spolstra said, even though he'd only played like five games or something before the bubble, uh, before the uh, season was delayed. And then about Dragic, I remember the thing that's impressed me even more than his uh, his like playing, which has been you know again phenomenal. Um, it's that it's his leadership on the court, like when when he first came to the Heat. Um, a lot of the people, you know, a lot of heat media at the time were like questioning whether he'd be able to be, you know, a lead point guard, you know, partially because English is a second language and, you know, he hadn't really displayed any of that in Phoenix, but if you listen to, um, the heat, uh, social media pages often put up like the mic'd up segments and he's just like always, you know, talking to people. Uh, you know, shouting where to go into position, dictating the offense. It's the uh, I'm basically pulling a the Reacts here and going, look at Goran, man, so inspirational.
1: Yeah, Trogovich is one guy that you definitely I I would want him on my team. Like that's how great of a player he is in terms of having that body language and again having that skill on the floor to just put the ball where he needs to and get you one thing or another like again he he's a perfect fit for what they've been trying to do and for all these years that he's been in Miami because he's been there for quite a while it's it's mm-hmm. a testament to how he's been able to mature as his athleticism fades but as a player he's mentally growing he knows where to go on the floor he knows where to put his teammates on the floor like you see him orchestrating and helping out uh, this this offense and, and running through whether it's again, pa- it's passing or whatever dragic is just and I, I want him as he's tough he's he's very physical i think with uh, you know he's he embodies that that heat culture mentality yeah. and so why i love him as a player
2: yeah he is just reliable whenever the heat is in a rut you can just see that the ball passes through his hands and he tries his hardest to get them a quality possession
1: Man, like i I think there was man, I don't remember but like but yeah he he just gets it, he gets to the rim, yeah he he can shoot the three, and i I could pinpoint like with two or three plays where it's just pure offensive, pure quality offensive minded basketball, like that 's how sound he is again, at the age of thirty four as his athleticism is definitely weighed down. This guy just knows where to put his body in the right place, right time. Like I, I remember there was, like, I think it was a couple years ago, where he was facing off against the Raptors in the second round or the semifinals uh, of the yeah. Eastern Conference. 2016. Yeah. All right, uh, he's freaking.
2: That was a great series, by the way. It
1: was. It was. Um, yeah, this guy's freaking mouth is bleeding, and he's he's all over his you know, his his face is injured he's still playing. He's still out there on the floor. Like he doesn't even mind it. And it's like, Holy crap. Like the stuff that you can put this guy through the heat, again, they just found this is, this is why he's their He's their main point guard. It's even though he's been coming off the bench this year, because Kendrick Nunn, I think has also been able to show what he's capable of, uh, capable of this season. Like Dragas just fights. He's a fighter. He's tough. And he he just gets on with it. He's he's just that he's just that type of a player.
3: Yeah, I've seen in Dragic's time here. You know, I've seen him like pop a dislocated finger in and keep playing. You know, a tooth gets chipped or knocked out, and he'll just he'll keep on going. He's he drives to the basket so much. Like most of his offense, like aside from you know spot up threes, is driving to the basket, and you know he's like a six foot two, six foot three guard going at you know people that are half a foot taller than him and he usually ends up finishing with through any kind of contact it's incredible to watch
1: yeah some of those reverse layups that he hit over like tice and jalen brown in the paint it's like holy crap like this guy still has it is is he's he's able to be a virtuoso trying to get the ball out of the, his left or right hand reverse layup like it's such a pleasure to watch. Like you're you're watching this dude as he puts the ball on the floor. He's he's just getting it up with it. He, again, he's not afraid to get physical. He's not afraid to get his body into the game. He's not afraid to you know, be injured or whatever. It's team. It's a team first mentality. Like he will put the team on his back to make sure that they get the best possessions. They get the buckets. They get whatever they need to to get that W. And he
2: put his body on the line for. Her. Yeah, Like, the people are not talking enough about him. Uh, I remember uh, up until recently, people would always talk about uh, Mike Conley. Before he got traded to the Jazz, how people would never talk about him. I feel like Goran Dragic is that guy right now in the
1: league. there's a lot of guys on the heat that don't get the appraisal they deserve. I think it's partly because a Butler, you know, going to the heat over the summer in the sign and trade that dealt, I think it was Josh (laughs) Richardson and a couple other guys, you know, to the Sixers and all that. uh, It's partly because like, I think the guy who went there, he did it. He had quote unquote, all that baggage, which apparently wasn't true. If you, if we've all been watching, you know, by the same basketball games that have happened, it's, it's, part of everybody thinking oh my gosh like it's like the heat getting butler just to be an eighth seed and out in the first round again Uh, is how bad is this locker room going to be is it going to be a bunch of yelling but i i wish that i wish that those narratives weren't the case because if again if you look at what they've been able to do this season Dragic would have so much more of a better spotlight because he's just a just a fun guy to study and B, a, a, like if, it's just a treat watching him. It's just a treat watching him go to the rim and get a bucket over these six foot 11 seven foot centers or getting those deep spot of threes that beautiful rainbow arc over Marcus Smart in the series over or whoever else. like I wish that he got more recognition because he he deserved it he 100 deserves it.
3: I think uh, if we're talking about people that don't get credit, Eric Spolstro, man. Oh yeah, like all you know, I said it in a early in an earlier episode. You know, one of the first ones I recorded where I said I think Brad Stevens is kind of overrated, and Miggy was like, "Whoa, really?" And if you look at like basketball social media throughout the last couple of years. Actually, pretty much for the last 10 years, you know, all these coaches always get so much credit when their teams do well. Like Steve Kerr got so much credit for the Warriors success, even though they won 40 games with Luke Walton. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Brad Stevens always got so much credit for, uh, you know, all the, you know, basically getting a, a great season out of Isaiah Thomas. But then he kind of completely fumbled the Kyrie Irving locker room situation, which you know, I don't want to, I'm not about to, I'm going to get on the soapbox for a second. If this, if a locker room is toxic, that's partially on the coach for not setting the tone. Um. mean, you know, meanwhile, every single year getting the best out of people that basically nobody has heard of. (laughs) And, you know, now hopefully people will realize that, you know, he wasn't just successful because LeBron James was on his team.
1: I think Pat Riley admitted a couple of years ago that in the I think it was the 2007 finals run that Spo was the one doing all the diagramming and all that, right? If I if Wait. I'm not mistaken,
2: 2007
1: didn't have the heat. That was the
3: 2006 finals.
1: That was 2006. Yeah, yeah my bad. Yeah. So yeah, 2006. <laughs> so, yeah, Pat Riley has admitted multiple times that Spo helped him. As, as an assistant to make plays, to run out the diagrams, to make sure that you know, everybody uh, is sound fundamentally on the floor. And as he's been able to mature and go up to be a coach and, you know, to coach, well, A, coaching LeBron is not easy. I, I'll say that as a Lakers fan, as a, as a, as a person who's yeah. watched him over the last decade or so. The, the, it takes a lot of – it takes a lot of will and just overall sound knowledge of basketball and understanding what the locker room is supposed to be like and setting that tone uh, to coach. Again, someone who has this big domineering personality like as LeBron James, like in two, I remember in 2012, 13 and the years after that, he got LeBron to play power forward, which was something that he didn't want to do. Uh, mm-hmm. And and elevated his game by making him a lot more efficient and putting him out on the right spots of the floor, which is why you got to see LeBron James have one of the best seasons in 2012-2013, and 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 taking guys like Tyler Johnson, uh, James Johnson, and and like all of these different dudes, like Kendrick freaking Nun, you know, who saw him uh, explode uh, coming up this season, and he Spo is what he's been able to do. As a player, and he'll never, I don't think he'll ever admit it because he's that humble uh, to deflect, you know, deflected back on, you know, all of his players, whether it's Butler, Bam, Olenek, whoever. Uh, he is that type of coach to, A, make sure that the team culture is there. It's set in stone. It's, hey, this is how we're going to operate. And this is this is how we're going to do things here in Miami and and take all of these players and, and asso- associate the rotations with them, put them in certain spots and to get as much as he can out of them and night in night out. Uh, it's, it's just a testament to how fantastic of a coach Eric Spolster is. Like, there, there's nothing more to uh, say about because yeah, he deserves every single warrior praise for what he's been able to do with the Miami Heat as a head coach.
2: Yeah, he is a, top three coach in this league undoubtedly yeah uh, it takes a great coach to be able to construct this uh, blue collar mentality for a team. Uh, not completely like them but I can look at comparisons uh, from this team with like the early 2000s pistons. Like the Pistons had a perfect defense and the Heat don't have this. They have some weak spots, but still all of their players were workers who only looked for, uh, for team success and the Heat have that mentality as well. And it is such a, an underrated part of it is on the coach to build that mentality Uh, As you can see in many of the cases when there's a change of coach and that mentality just disappears.
1: I completely agree. And to back with, back what Usman said about culture and setting the tone in for your franchise, this is, I think, something that Spolster have that Stevens doesn't have. Well, I think that Stevens has the X's and O's and all of that fancy stuff. There were like, I was kind of scared of, like, the report. I think when Woj tweeted, I was like, oh, not Woj, but Shams, when he tweeted out that Smart and Jalen Brown were having a shouting match, I think after it was, what, game two of the Eastern Conference Finals. Like, (laughs) that doesn't happen to a Heat team that supposedly has a – Part of the locker room, which you know, we're, we're talking about Jimmy Butler, is supposedly he's this hot-headed guy, and he's this oh man, like these guys. No, like Spo doesn't have that issue. I, I've never in the decade and a little over of watching and reading basketball stuff have I seen a report where uh, Spo apparently loses locker room control. Like never. I think the most was LeBron wanting Spo out in that first year of Miami. And that was it. Like this guy knows how to own in and establish a team culture. And like Don said, it's very like the coaches, because it's such a, it's such it's a, we're, we're it's in a league where like you could like most 10 years will be like three or four years and you're out. Um, Spo is just, I think one of those, like him, Carlisle, Popovich, or this, those, Instilled franchise guys that you know, like they're not leading the team, but it's it's a huge credit to him to what he's been able to construct here in Miami with uh, the organization and just getting to the finals. Like no one saw this, and Spo deserves all the credit in the world and more uh, for helping them get to that point. All
0: right, so I agree with you, DJT. Um, again, Heat culture is such a huge part with like their identity and like how they you know run this team, but um, I kind of want to go back to Spo. Um, first off, Filipino Pride. Um, let's go, with Spo representing, you know, all of the Filipino Amen.
1: Amen to that, brother.
0: Um but continue on though. Like I also like uh love the grind that he did, starting off with a, uh, you know, he's a video coordinator. You know, that's a very lowly job on like the you know the NBA coaching staff, right? But he grinded all of his way. Now he's in his coaching his fifth NBA finals. Um but you know, with Spo, like again, he's such a great coach. Um, he literally stuck with you know the game plan, even if it looked like the Celtics could you know could maybe overcome what they had planned. he still stuck with it, you know. Especially with the zone defense, like I brought it up earlier, you know the zone defense worked, and even when the the Celtics were able to maybe shoot out of it and get a run going, he still you know made it happen. Um, he put in he put in like whoever made you know the the right sense when it comes to who was on the court. Um, I remember he played Solomon Hill at some point last game Um, and he, he played, you know, he plays whoever he, you know, you can rely on, on the court. I mean, he gave extended minutes to Andre Godala tonight when he hasn't been playing much this whole entire series. So again, shout out to Spolstra. Um, I do also want to get on the soapbox um, about the Celtics. Um, Unlike, unlike Usman who takes the high road on things, I am very vocal about my Celtics hate, you know, and I just want to say to the, all the Celtics out there, who are you going to blame now? Cause Kyrie's not on the team and look what happened. You guys fell apart. <laughs> who are you guys going to blame now? Um, oh no! But uh, with that, what you call it, um, you know, like I, I, I will, I will walk back. Um, I will admit that, you know, I was kind of shocked at first about this whole, uh, about this whole um, Brad Stevens is overrated take, and I kind of want to agree with it now. I'll, <laughs> I'll admit Thank when you. I'm wrong, because, <laughs> because oh my god! <laughs> like, look, I all the out of time, out of out plays you can conjure up. Like, it's it's cool. Like, he knows how to he knows how to coach a team. I'll put that out there, right? But the fact that he barely made any adjustments, you know, like makes absolutely no sense to me. Like, you see that your team is. is you know, selling the absolutely like the, the, he went on like this huge, like 27 to seven, I think well that was the run when the, yeah, 20 to six, uh, yeah.
3: the end of the third, beginning of the fourth.
0: Right. Like, so if you see that, you'd be like, okay, well maybe there's something that needs to be done here. Right. You know, maybe put in more Grant Williams instead of Daniel Tice because Grant Williams actually did a solid job. but What does he do? He puts in Daniel Tyson. What happens? He gets fouled out. Right. Um, mm. What the difference here between Stevens and Spo was that Spo, sure he was very rigid with the game plan when it comes to the offense when it comes to like you know the zone defense but what what changed with Spo was that he was like, "Okay, well, this player isn't working right now. I'm gonna replace him with someone else, right You know you know this this zone scheme isn't working, then we'll switch up to this different kind of defense." Um, the offense isn't running. I'll call a timeout. We'll change it up. We'll make it work, right? Stevens you know, Stevens was very stubborn. Like th- He saw that the Celtics were running zone, and what does he do? He doesn't set anything up. He, he literally lets all of his players run ISO, and that's not how you break the zone, right? Um, it makes no sense to me. Um, and uh, back to the Celtics slander, um, Gordon Hayward literally missed the birth uh, of his son for this. <laughs> oh. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's a big yikes, and what's even crazier is that like Gordon Hayward like made absolutely, I, in my opinion, did not make that big of an impact that we all thought he was gonna make when he returned. And I mean, to be fair, like it could be because of his injury, you know, and it takes a while to get back from those. But I, I think to me to rely on Gordon Hayward to be like the saving grace for the Celtics, I think that's where you kind of messed up. Um, I do want to give a shout out though to to um, Jason Tatum for playing, you know, showing that he is a superstar. You know, he, he pretty much put the whole team on his back and, you know, put them in positions that they needed to be in order to win. Um, Shout out to Jason or not Jason to Jalen Brown as well. His activity on defense really picked up after game two Um, during that Celtics third quarter run um, to put them in the lead. He was very, very much active on defense, got some steals and breakaway uh, layups and dunks. Um, Shout out to Marcus smart as well. Um for for being great on defense. Counterpoint though, Marcus Smart, you should not be shooting 21 times a game. You are not that guy. He shot 13 threes today in, in <laughs> 21 total. That's not you. You do not do that. That's for Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown only. Um, Kemba Walker as well. You know, he's those are the three guys you, you have shoot. But um but yeah, Marcus Smart should not be shooting that many threes. Uh, Marcus Smart should not be shooting 21 times a game. Um but again, shout out to the Celtics. Um, you know, this is a variable winnable series, and again, they can't blame Kyrie on this one, but they can't blame Brad Stevens. Um, to the Heat, I actually, you know, again, I was not expecting this kind of run. Um, shout out to to the team basketball. I also want to give a shout out to Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero. I know we didn't cover them as much right now, um, but shout out to to the young to the young shooters for really stepping up when they needed to. And I think their future is bright for them. Um, but yeah, Eastman, um, resident <laughs> Heat fan, got a last take.
3: Yeah, uh, real quick to double back about your point on Tice. Um, I was watching the game with my brother, and uh, when Tice fouled out, I was, I was like, "Oh, okay, that's good." And he was, and he said, "No, it isn't, because they were playing better when he was out anyway." <laughs> but um. I thought that that's funny. You brought up the you know Brad Stevens' lack of adjustment, but you know ultimately you know this team has been one of my favorites to see, just from like a uh, kind of a you know proving everybody wrong kind of perspective. You know, literally all the coverage that this team has received is, oh, you know, what did the Bucks do wrong? What have the Celtics been doing wrong? Mm-hmm. Um, what are the you know and uh, even now, it's you know the coverage most likely won't be very positive heading forward. Yeah, but uh, you know, I we'll think they, that talk I think they deserve. Day. I uh, think
0: that he deserved all the all the talk because that what they've done in the bubble has just been amazing. You know, I think they're the lowest seed since the, you know the Knicks in '99 to make it to the finals. Am I am I wrong on that one?
3: Nope, nope that is correct.
0: So yeah, again, no one expected this to happen. You know, shout out to the Miami Heat. Um, do you guys have any any last last points before we wrap this up?
1: Um, Jimmy Butler. Uh, every every single word or slander that's been thrown against him about how he's been a toxic locker room player mm-hmm. uh, needs to be reverted because this person or this player facts. he's shown nothing. Um,
0: Big facts.
1: But, like he's shown nothing but. Uh, I, I've gained nothing but my respect for him. He was able to be a the de facto leader of this team, the the person that you could all like you could rely on if you needed a bucket, and the player that pe like these all young guys like look up to. He set the tone because he's just a perfect fit with what Riley wants for a basketball team. There is there's a re- I don't think I've ever seen or I, uh, Riley just fawn over. A player since butler because butler is mm-hmm. just again he, like i said earlier he this is a business trip for him this isn't this isn't anything <laughs> but i just want to play basketball i want to just put the ball on the floor and dribble and shoot that's that's what he's there oh, for dude. that's what he's been doing since he he got to this team i i think there was a there was a freezing cold takes video where it was a bunch of philadelphia <laughs> reporters and right. they were all like oh my gosh is Jimmy Butler even going to make the playoffs this year? And they were talking about how they like, even if they got it, they'd be a first round out. It's funny yeah. now because the, the Sixers were,
0: we're that the first, first round, round
1: out. out and the heat I'm going to uh, the NBA finals. It's that's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's insane to me how, like how Butler was able to uh, be the guy, be the person that this team has uh, looked up to uh, and even if he doesn't shoot all the threes in the world, even if he doesn't have that, he's not in that uh, tier one of LeBron and Giannis and Kawhi and Katie, even if he doesn't have all of these uh, intangibles that other superstars may have, he's done nothing but show his worth to what he can be on it there's a reason to why the timberwolves made the, the playoffs for the first time in years when he was on and I uh, the sixers were one shot away from making the eastern conference finals when he was on so um, that the all this talk of butler not being a winner and only being for himself needs to stop because this man literally just proved it yeah he's a bona fide superstar yeah. so um yeah, just, just a hat's off to him.
0: Actually, so like, here's my, I know I've been saying this is my last take, but it's, for real this time, for real this time, this is my last take on Jimmy Butler, right? Um, I agree with everything you said, um, but I do want to make, make a meme out of this and the fact that if you look at what happened to, to Chicago and Minnesota and Philly after Jimmy Butler leaves, they're in absolute shambles. But what is Jimmy Butler doing? He's playing for a championship. And why? Because he wanted to play for a winning team. Like he already knew, like he wasn't in winning situations. Right. Um, but now here he is to in Miami and you know, he's, he's living it.
1: Yes. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm nothing. I'm, I'm happy for the guy. He's, he's just smoking Cubanos in Florida and a <laughs> better way to score buckets
0: so. and make, and possibly could win an NBA championship. And um, so um, you know, that is, that is all the time that we have for, uh, for tonight. Um, again, this is what this was a special episode. We got a whole ensemble, ensemble crew. We are actually recording this at like nine thirty at night, so this is like our first ever post game show. So, Don, um, DJT, Usman, thank you guys for like showing out and you know taking time out of your evening to to come through.
2: It Was a pleasure.
0: You um, for
1: having me. It was
2: awesome.
3: Had awesome. a, <laughs> a good time.
0: So, um, with that, too, guys. Um, so, you know, for our listeners, you know, stay tuned. You know, we actually have a big, you know, something big planned for the NBA finals. So, you know, stay tuned for that announcement as well as, you know, continue to support us, you know, continue to follow us on Spotify, continue to follow us on Instagram as well at nephew hours, you know, all our contents, all for you guys, you know, we are just, you know, typical fans, we have no media credentials. So literally, you know, we enjoy what we're doing. And, you know, again, for the, for the past month, we, you know, enjoy the support. So, from all of us here at the Nephew Hours podcast team, you know, thank you again, um, and stay tuned for a big announcement. And we'll see you soon. Goodbye, everybody.